2: ready all right let's do the intro i wonder if it's ever going to be easier to start these like i wonder if it's ever going to flow nicely for
0: us (laughs) no
2: because i feel like every time we start this we're like okay should we
0: start like it's always just so awkward well because like we've known each other for like roughly 20 years And without fail, we have a slight awkward phase when we hang out, just like when we see each other and it's a little bit awkward for like five, 10 minutes. So I don't think it doesn't matter how long we do this. It will always be a little bit weird in the beginning.
2: (laughs) That's true. That's very true. I wonder, yeah, no, we'll never move past that. If we haven't moved past it yet, we're never going to. It's just who we are. Yeah, 100%. All right. Well, I'm Sarah. This is Kat. And this is Books
0: and Beppies. Run it back. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Take that out. Um,
2: (laughs) That's the intro right there. Run it back.
0: Oh, God. (laughs) On this episode, um, we don't know what's going on. And we talk about how socially awkward we are. I feel like on every episode we talk about
2: how we don't know what's going on, though.
0: <laughs> oh, it was just so embarrassing. I forget. I think it was like the second one where I was like, yeah, this is for younger adult or okay. younger people, like teens. Also, I understood nothing. <laughs> like, okay, well, I should have probably picked one or the other, not said both.
2: I feel like... Our podcast is just like continuing to derail every single week because I feel like the first episode was like very conversational like we had key points that we wanted to talk about and then second episode was like eh started derailing third episode complete shit show
0: and we'll see what this one is gonna be feel like it's because in the first one we are like a little bit awkward and nervous mm-hmm. trying to keep it like with a structure and then as soon as we got comfortable <laughs> and now it's turned into like regular conversation where we just go everywhere we're like all right <laughs> sorry what are we talking about huh.
2: oh my goodness yeah we should never get too comfortable but i mean i guess we're also not really doing this Like, we're doing this more for fun
0: than- Not really doing this. Nothing's real. (laughs) Nothing is real.
2: Um, But, like, we're doing this more for fun than it is, like, to try to, like, build a business off of it. Like, that will be cool someday. But for now, it's, like, just something that we do anyway. So, might as well put it out there. (laughs) Cracking open my bevy. Yeah, what are you drinking? I'm drinking what you drank last week, the Caesar.
0: Ooh. Spicy.
2: Very good. Super good. I've had one of these since we talked about it, because it's surprisingly at the liquor store across the street from my house. Hmm. They have a very limited selection of a lot of things, so I was very happy to find Bud Light Limes and these.
0: You know, with they have Bud Light Limes, they have all you need. Oh yeah. Uh what are you drinking? Uh-oh. <laughs> um I'm actually drinking water because I moved into my new place recently and have two options for alcohol in the house, neither of which I would like to have right now. <laughs> And I need to go shopping, but that has not happened. That's fair. I know it's just water, but do you have a reason for drinking this week? (laughs) (laughs) If I were to be drinking, I would be um, celebrating my move to Atlantic Canada and the start of a school (laughs) experience was meeting all of the people it's so different than um undergrad frosh week because mm-hmm. like i don't know what it is but during like undergrad for some reason everyone was already blackout <laughs> like, i don't know why we were so drunk Constantly, but it was it was so easy to like have a conversation with someone because everyone's drunk just loving each other. So yeah, it's a great time. But this was like a people of all ages start law school. So it was just a different vibe. (laughs) And I was very sober. And I'm not that great at talking to new people when I'm sober. This is a little bit awkward. But, um, doing well. I think it went okay. <laughs> Round two. Round two.
2: <clears throat> nice. What about you? Wow, you asked me without me having to prompt you this time.
0: <laughs> I know I'm. Yeah, I'm on the ball. Crazy.
2: Um. Hmm. Why do I drink? This episode. Honestly, not a lot has been happening. Um, I've been trying to read this book, not The Da Vinci Code. I've also been reading a different book because I found this scholarship that I really want to apply for. Because if I get first place, it's $10,000. And then like second place is 5,000. Third place is like, no. Yes, 5,000. I don't know. I don't remember. Um, either way, like good money towards school. But the book, I don't like it. <laughs> And I also don't get to like pick my essay topic. So like there's three choices and I have to pick between the three, but I don't really like any of those choices either. And the book is just really dry. I like, I don't get to pick the book. I don't get to pick the essay topic. I'm just picking what I like or what I hate the least. And I've also been trying to read the Da Vinci code at the same time. So it was just like a a lot of reading this week and not all of it has been fun well let's introduce the book and the author um (laughs) let's move on the book that we read this episode is the da vinci code by dan brown without giving too much away um the da vinci code by dan brown follows a symbologist named robert langdon and a cryptologist sophie nouveau after a murder in the louvre museum it's basically a quest slash murder mystery kind of adventure book is the best way that i think i could describe it without giving away the actual mystery
0: yeah i feel like that explains it as well as we can it's like a thriller i guess yeah it's something it's a book (laughs) we read the book we're like all right um
2: it is about (laughs) (laughs) why does this happen every time
0: (laughs) it's hard to describe a book without giving away what happens
2: yeah because like even the summary that i just looked up online talked about more than i'm willing to give away in the spoiler free part of this episode so it's tough but
0: it's a super popular book It's a little bit controversial. Yeah, this. um, So basically, in in the very beginning of the book, it says all descriptions of artwork, architecture, documents, and secret rituals in this novel are accurate. And that seems to be slightly contested by some people. Basically, according to a light Google search, um, many countries have banned this book for. Certain periods, due to blasphemous content, um, apparently it's highly frowned upon by Catholic leaders because it's uh, or because of its offensiveness towards Christianity. Um, as well, this book has been criticized for historical and scientific inaccuracy. However, that's obviously one point of view, and. Dan Brown is saying he did his research these things are accurate so to each their own I would say if you think you're going to get offended by this book like if you have any
2: inkling of that maybe just don't read it
0: yeah or or read it with like light-hearted intentions it is just a story so you don't have to assume what it says is true but it does have it does show christianity in slightly in a slightly negative light or a different light than it wants to be portrayed from my understanding um, so yeah <laughs> this book may not be for everyone yeah. but i am i am a fan
2: yeah personally when i read this book i read it as more of a story it follows you know fictional characters And even though it's based on essentially a conspiracy theory that people do believe in the book itself, isn't a
0: nonfiction book. It is a fiction book. It isn't meant to be factual Mm -hmm. as a whole. So yeah. yeah. When, When I read it too, I just, I read it like, like a story. So I would say it's more fun reading it that way. Um, you can do the research. I don't think either of us did <laughs> like look more into the facts of the book, but not really, not
2: until, um, quite recently did we kind of talk about, cause I had no idea that this book was banned in several countries, but in hindsight, I can understand why it is, especially if the country itself is a very heavily religious country.
0: Um, but then again, like, aren't some of the Harry Potter books banned or like some of the Hunger Games banned yeah. from specific countries? So, yeah,
2: like, I think the Hunger Games books are banned from schools, like school libraries in Canada, I think. Um, be- and the Hunger Games, the reason for that, I guess, is because they talk about overthrowing governments. Um, I think there's always a reason to ban a book or to not want people to read the books if they're a little bit more controversial, but I feel like they're still interesting. Personally, I love the Hunger Games and I love the Da Vinci Code. So,
0: yeah. So overall note on this book, it is a little controversial depending on who you ask their opinions on it and what they believe to be true or not true, Mm -hmm. but read it for fun. Don't read it if you're not into that kind of thing, but I would recommend reading it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Me too. Yeah, we don't need like a 10 minute disclaimer, but like still some form of disclaimer. Mm-hmm. You may find this book slightly offensive. Yes. Just a story. It says it's true in the front, but you don't have to take that. hmm
2: I mean, also, uh, technically, like just technically speaking, it's a like it is a conspiracy theory. So there are plenty of people who do believe it's true, but there's also plenty of people who don't like it's just kind of an idea. And it's one of those things where we may never know if it's true.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I think that kind of like adds to the fun of this book. Mm hmm. It's a mystery yeah but like i love conspiracy theories which
2: is a large part of why i really loved this book like i love conspiracy theories i don't necessarily believe all of them like i do not believe that the earth is flat but i find it interesting that some people do and i like hearing their arguments
0: i just i love conspiracy theories it, like all levels <laughs> love it when you get like deep into a conspiracy that's like you know is not true mm-hmm. but you get so deep into it you're like what if it is yeah i mean it's
2: like uh with the atlas 6 when tristan was on that um kind of thought process where he was like everyone thought that the earth was flat until it was proven wrong what if there's like all of these things that i think is true but they're just complete fiction
0: Existential crisis.
2: Yep, this book kind of did put me in an
0: existential crisis at some points. <laughs> this book, <laughs> it reads like a movie. Yes, it is right? very very well written. I I love like when you read this book. Basically, at the end of every chapter, they're fairly short chapters. Mm-hmm. And at the end of almost every chapter, there is some form of cliffhanger where you're like, oh, my God, need to keep reading. And I don't know how you do that for an entire 454 pages, but it was done and it was done well.
2: Or not even a cliffhanger, but just like a like a random twist, like it was either a cliffhanger or a plot twist at any of those points. It was, it was so good. Like it really, um, kind of kept you sucked
0: in. Yeah. So this is, I think we mentioned in the last episode, this is a book that I've read that I recommended to Sarah because I really like it. So I thought she would too. And your overall review. Yes. Good (laughs) recommendation or no bad recommendation the worst recommendation I actually hated this book I've been lying to you this whole time (laughs) yeah that's very embarrassing for me I will
2: (laughs) move on it was a honestly it was a great recommendation um I mean it's just a good book like it's very well written and it's engaging um I think overall I would rate this 9.5 it's not quite a 10 out of 10 for me, Um, but like very, very close. And I think, um, yeah, I don't really know why it's missing that .5, but it was missing something for me. I just don't know what it was, but still I had, I did have a hard time putting it down. And again, I love conspiracy theories. And I'm all, I also have a lot of interest in like religion and different religions and how they kind of um, intersect, and the similarities between a lot of religions, and that's a pretty constant theme in this book, which I found very interesting. Now, what's your overall review?
0: Um, my overall rating for this book is nine out of ten, solid nine out of ten. It's um, It has sentimental value, because I've Mm-hmm. I just like I've liked this book for a while my brother actually recommended this to me this book and funnily enough so there was a free bookstore a free bookstore they were giving away all the books and obviously I where um like downtown Ottawa a few years back basically he was the store owner was shutting down the store.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so he was taking all the books home that he wanted and everything he didn't want. He just wanted people to read. So that oh. was so nice. And so you could just take the book. So this copy of this book, uh, I actually got for free.
2: I would have gone crazy. I
0: would have grabbed so many books, but okay. Back to my yeah overall rating. Nine out of 10. Um, I love how it ties in like facts, history, conspiracies, and I like how it reads and that's mm-hmm. why the rating is so high. I think it's interesting. Like the content is interesting regardless if it's factual or not. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh, and there is a movie on this book, but. Oh yeah. I also wanted to um, talk about that because
2: I, Uh, Katrina recommended this book to me and I didn't realize that I had already watched the movie but when I started reading the book I was like this is incredibly familiar but I knew that I hadn't read the book so I I looked up whether or not there was a movie and then I found it and realized that I had watched the movie already um so I did re-watch the movie um because they're all on Netflix like the whole series of like the Da Vinci Code and Angels and Demons it's all on Netflix Um, so I rewatched it. And when I watched the movie, I definitely did not fully understand it. Um, and I think the book obviously is better than the movie. That's always the case. But I found with the movie, it was really hard to follow because you obviously don't hear the people's internal dialogue and i think that was really fundamental to the book making sense because it's all like the whole book is kind of a puzzle almost and you hear uh robert langdon and sophie thank you and sophie um like solving puzzles and solving and like finding clues and in the movie, it's just kind of like, oh, this is this because of this. Whereas in the book, it really breaks everything down. All the symbolism, like just every step of the way, there's a new fun twist. It's just the book is so much better than the movie.
0: Yeah, I, I've actually never seen the movie. I like reading the book. I can't imagine how they would put this in a movie.
2: Yes, And there was a lot of things that um, didn't really get fully explained in the movie, like uh, early on in the book, Robert Langdon talks about an accident that he had where he fell down a well. So now he's scared being in enclosed spaces. And in the movie, they don't really touch on that. um, Until. I think halfway through the movie, but there's scenes where he's uncomfortable in small spaces beforehand. So it's kind of touched on, like he talks to the police officer and the the police officer is like, why are you so uncomfortable? And he's like, oh, I'm just not comfortable in small spaces. And then that's the explanation you get. Whereas in the book, you get the full detailed explanation of the accident, how he's feeling, what he went through. Um, Yeah, it's just, The book is just so much more detailed.
0: I feel like it kind of happens with books and movies, though. It's Mm -hmm. really hard to make a movie better than a book.
2: Yeah, I agree. I do think that watching the movie first kind of helped me understand the book better, though. Because I kind of knew already roughly what was happening. I just didn't understand all the layers. So I was able to get through the book pretty quickly because I already kind of knew the plot and the twists that happen.
0: I just thought of something. Uh-huh. This, is, this is more for you. You can add it in if you want to. Okay. <laughs> okay. You know, I, I really don't know how to read his name, but I was reading it like lay. Teebing. What? Who? <laughs> <teacher>? No, yeah. <laughs> like the British guy. Yeah. That lives in the chateau.
2: Yes, hold on. Let me find his name so that I can try to. I guess I never really thought about it, but yeah,
0: probably teebing okay so throughout the book this is this is not the first time I've read this book but as I read it this time I had realized this whole time I was reading his name as Lay teabag and I I got to like page 400 and I read it and I was like wait that doesn't say teabag I don't know what happened, but I didn't even question it. I didn't think it was weird or anything. I was like, okay, his name's Teabag. I
2: mean, there are some <laughs> weird names out there. Teabag is um particularly interesting, but you never know. <laughs> T Bing also isn't very normal, so fair enough. It could be a family name. Yeah. Or maybe it was like T hyphen bag, you know,
0: like bag mom's for short. Sure. Was-
2: <laughs> mom's name was last name was T. Dad's last name was Bag, and I just hyphenated it. tea bag. <laughs> okay, is there really? Is there much that we can say that's spoiler-free about this book?
0: Other than what we've already kind of touched on? Um, Oh, I guess I would say uh, The Da Vinci Code is technically the second novel with Robert and, well, not Sophie, just Robert. Um, The first book is uh, Of Angels and Demons but it's not really necessary to read them in order or even read both. They're very standalone novels, but I have also read that one. I did enjoy it as well.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, clearly we both love this book. Obviously we didn't, neither one of us took it too seriously, but we also don't really take anything seriously. Hence how this podcast uh, keeps falling apart whenever we record (laughs) um (laughs) but yeah i think that's pretty much all i can say that's spoiler free as well i mean again per our disclaimer i think you will know if you are if you should read it or not just trust your gut with that (laughs) because i can see how it could be offensive all right now we can spoil the book i think unless you want to yeah
0: we'd spoil the book
2: unless you have anything else you want to say no no i'm good (laughs) go Go ahead (laughs) um oh i'm not ready to spoil it yet i'm still looking i found them i didn't actually take any notes on this book um (laughs) Why did you need your notebook? <laughs> because I have uh, like the little notes of what order we have to speak in,
0: oh, in that okay. book, which is very important because <laughs> otherwise we're all over the place. We get a little jumbled sometimes.
2: Yeah. I I noticed that I didn't have that piece of paper and I was like, oh no. <laughs> because I would really like to not have to do what I did last
0: week again. <laughs> For the editing, <laughs> honestly, I I can't even bring myself to listen to it. <laughs> I was too too self aware that it was going to be questionable, and I was like, I'll just let that one slide. Uh oh, that is um
2: terrifying. Because what if I missed something? That's true.
0: <laughs> well, it's out there forever. <laughs>
2: yeah. Great. Okay. Um one thing that i will say now that we're spoiling um the i guess antagonist of this book is kind is a uh, christian sect called opus dei um and i just want to like really stress that at no point in this book is uh dan brown kind of putting a blanket over all of Christianity it's very much so this kind of cult called Opus Dei that is the antagonist um and there is this one character Silas who again in the movie you didn't really get his backstory and also in the movie he's not albino and those are two really important factors of this book is like Silas's really tragic backstory and the fact that he's albino which plays into his backstory a lot so when i was reading the book it was nice to almost feel some some form of sympathy for silas because of how he was raised whereas in the book or i mean in the movie he's just kind of an ass who is just killing people (laughs) like you don't really get that you don't really get a whole level of um Everything that he's gone through, and I—I I like a villain who, when you hear their backstory, you're like, "Oh, I kind of see why you're the way you are." You know what I mean? Like, I—I I would never be that way, but I understand. I feel so. like it's
0: so important for a villain because when mm-hmm. they're just terrible, it's not as interesting. And you're like, "Oh, obviously." Well, but once you know they have like feelings and there's reasons why they do things, and you're like, "Oh." maybe
1: yeah like
2: it does check out a little bit um because yeah Yeah. in the movie um I get like in the book he's ridiculed for being albino so like red eyes super pale white hair the whole thing um but in the movie he's just kind of a white man with blue eyes he is super super pale don't get me wrong but I when I watched the movie I definitely did not understand that he's an albino man um and they didn't touch a whole lot on how he was, you know, so ridiculed for his skin and his condition and all of that stuff and cast away. And then the Archbishop Angrosia or something like that.
0: I, Aaron Grossia, I Eringarosa, Garosa Erin Garosa I was pretty close yeah
2: don't don't give me that look I was close enough and I didn't <laughs> even look I didn't even write that word down but I still kind of got it um but like he took him in and it explains why he was so kind of devout to op- opus day because opus day saved him from rotting away in prison which I also don't remember from the movie
0: yeah. Um, so I guess overall Now that we can spoil what this book is about mm-hmm. This book is about The search for the Holy Grail um, And the secret society Called the Prior, prior Priory of Sion <laughs> <laughs> Let me just scratch that Start again And this- you are You <laughs> Getting all sassy with me
2: for my pronunciation of Aaron Grossia.
0: Hey, that was swift karma for me. Yes. Yeah, the Priory of Sion (laughs) Really can't say that word for some reason. Okay, rewind. Start again.
2: (laughs) Oh, that was really good. All
0: right. (laughs) I wasn't done. basically sophie's grandfather gets murdered and they are trying to solve his murder which ends up putting them on the path of the search for the holy grail now i am done (laughs) thank (laughs) you i'm allowed to speak now (laughs) Do you remember that? This is a very off topic. Um, do you remember that scene from? I think it's like Sweet Life, um, where there's like a prince, <laughs> and he's like, "You may approach." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's what I just thought of. Like,
2: no, he just goes like, "Approach me," or something <laughs> like that.
0: <laughs> you may. <miss laughs> you you may spit okay there we go I was like why did I think of that (laughs) (laughs) oh um okay well (laughs) doing well doing so well I really like like the little tidbits of information throughout this book like the fun facts like Right, right in the beginning, where they talk about um, the Olympic Games being every four years and the reasons behind that, B- basically it's tribute to Venus because <laughs> Venus traced a perfect pentacle across the. Ecl- I mean, we're not going to move past that. Basically, Venus did something every four years, and that's the reason the Olympics happen every four years. <laughs> it was a fun fact.
2: I really thought that, uh or I had hopes that this episode was going to be easier for me to edit. <laughs> but I'm realizing that that's just not going to be a reality for me ever again. <laughs> no, it was a one time thing. Sorry. <laughs> I had one easy episode to edit, and that was "We Were Liars." Probably because we
0: were less passionate about the book, so we were just kind of, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're like, "This is it." Also, we can talk about much because we can. Yeah, it's true. It's true. That makes Can sense. Say any.
2: Um, you know, I also really loved all of the fun facts. Um, I really liked learning about the symbols, especially when it came to the symbols in Leonardo da Vinci's art. Um, and how he was just so smart. I actually looked up like I wanna buy a book just about him, like kind of from a non conspiracy theory perspective. Like I want to just learn about his art and all of the things that he did and especially like sorry it's okay
0: i'm speaking now Um, (laughs) (laughs) so start off (laughs) we've been talking for like an hour this is not to start off (laughs) but (laughs) sophie's relationship with her grandfather if you walked in on your grandfather performing some strange ritual that you did not understand when you are surprising him and not meant to be there, do you then, when you have no remaining family to your knowledge, never speak to this person again? No. Obviously, you would give them a chance to explain. Or if you heard anything creepy in someone's house, you would probably not go in because you'd be like, What is happening? I will not enter. Maybe I'll give him a call. Yeah, my thing
2: is 100%. If I were to go to someone's house unannounced and let myself in, and if I don't see them around, I'm like, oh, okay, they're not home. I'm just going to go. Maybe I'll call them and be like, yo, I'm in town. Shoot them a text. You know, I don't know if texting was really a thing when this book took place, but just anything. There were so many more options. But the fact that she finds a secret passageway and then here's a bunch of like drum beats coming from down the passageway. Like at that point, that's when I turn around, I get in my car and I drive the fuck away. Like,
0: I'm just like, we're yeah. letting it be. Or, even, even at that point, if it's not even weird, if you just think. Your grandfather has company over and you are not invited at this time. Maybe consider backtracking and giving a little call. Right. It's polite.
2: Right. But no, at no point would I go down that passageway. And if I were to go down that passageway and see my family member performing some weird sex, sex ritual thing, I would like, I wouldn't get to that point. Like, there's no, there's nothing that would have convinced me to go down a secret passageway. I don't know. I feel like if I were to see a family member doing some weird nonsense, I would just never talk about it again, but I wouldn't, like, shun them from my life forever,
0: especially if they were, like, my only family member that I know, like. Yeah, like, give them a chance to explain. I I felt... I just I was annoyed reading that. I was like, why would you not give your grandfather a chance to tell you what he wants to tell you? Right? It makes no sense. And no, I feel and like it's I... not like they had a bad relationship to start with. Like they really? they were very, they had a very healthy f- granddaughter, grandfather relationship. I, I love that um Robert initially thinks she's insane for like <laughs> saying the things they're trying to frame you you need to get out of here and he's like obviously this woman is crazy
2: <laughs> i will say um that i do i mean once robert langdon gets past that he's kind of like a feminist you know like he's just like oh she's like a very smart woman whereas like every other male character or most of them really the hate
0: police her captain yeah i hate him a little bit i did not like him let me just see if i can oh yes a quote from police captain how would you pronounce his name fash yeah fash fash yeah Women not only lacked the physical necessary physicality. Whoa. What did they lack? Who knows? No, women not only lacked the physicality necessary for police work, but their mere presence posed a dangerous distraction to men in the field. And that was Captain Fash's perspective on women. Um, so, he, not a big fan. No. did not like that. I also thought he was in on it for the longest time. I was like, this man is doing something wrong. Really? He is in on it. Yes. I definitely
2: just thought he was dumb and didn't understand. Like, it just seemed like he was a, a man who was just like very angry and like jumped to conclusions and was like, Oh, I think that this is what happened. So I'm just gonna frame them instead of actually proving it soundly. I'm Fair. just gonna pull some strings and try to try to trick Langdon into a confession instead of just being a proper police officer. I also have issues yeah.
0: with police officers these days. So I just thought because like in the beginning, when Langdon notices like the cross necklace. Mm-hmm. So it was very clear what that he was Christian. So I thought that was foreshadowing that he was part of like Opus Die or like working for Opus Die or something like that. But it, like it was nothing. I think it was just to throw you off of who it really was, right. which it did work. I, I thought it was going to be him. I didn't think about that. I didn't think that
2: the rosary was any form of foreshadowing, but I understand.
0: I see mm-hmm. where you got that now. It does make sense. So there's some mega plot twists in this book. (laughs) Throwback to um, We Were Liars. (laughs) The plot twist in this book is what We Were Liars wishes it was. Honestly, I feel
2: like every time there's going to be a good plot twist in a book for the rest of our podcasting career, we're gonna be like, remember we were liars. Remember how <laughs> lied to we were about that plot twist?
0: Because maybe yeah, that's we said what the oh sorry. Oh, were you gonna say that the plot twist is that the plot twist sucks? And no, I was gonna say maybe that's why the book is called we were liars. Everyone just lies about how good the plot twist is. <laughs> but no,
2: we also said that the plot twists in the Atlas six were a lot better.
0: Which is also true. Also true. Yeah. I'm trying to think even where to start with the plot twist. The first one that threw me off when Remy Lay T-Bing's servant was in on it. I was like, oh, I not like too surprising, Mm -hmm. like not a huge plot twist, but I was like, damn. Yeah. did not see that coming. Then when you realize who the teacher is I I honestly had no words. I fully thought Tving was dead at this point, right? They open a door and there he is. And like that was really upsetting because I loved his character. You know, I, I thought he was just a scholar that really wanted to know about the Holy grail. Just like a cute old man, like who was just
2: helping them out. Like I definitely thought that the teacher, I didn't, I mean, I didn't think that I knew who the teacher was. I thought it was maybe going to be you know someone who's in the christian faith because he was so devoted to like finding and exposing the holy grail and just it was it it upset me finding out that he was the teacher
0: i I feel like that's that's what made it such a good plot twist it's true because you didn't there is no way you would have guessed that he is the one to do it because you just feel for the guy you just think he's a fun person yeah and when they, when they found like the surveillance in his home, even at that point, I assumed it was just Remy. Like I thought it was his stuff that was doing the surveilling. And I was like, T-Bing is not in on it. He just doesn't know. (gasps) And he killed another plot twist. He killed Remy. He killed his own servant. Right? How
2: rude. I think the biggest plot twist was like finding out how savage he was. Cause like when you first meet him in the book, he seems like just the cutest little kooky old man. Who's like probably a little bit like, maybe he's about like has dementia or something like that. Cause he's like all about riddles. And when they pull up to the gate and he's like, well, I have some questions for you before you enter. And I thought it was going to be really serious. And he's like coffee or tea. And it's like, (laughs) Just so funny and so wholesome. And then he ends up being like the real villain of the book. Rude. (laughs) So rude.
0: And it's so like well planned out too. Like all the other characters intertwine. And you realize that earlier on, maybe you could have known Mm -hmm. if you really thought about it, but you just wouldn't guess because he's so good. Yeah,
2: I loved that in this book. Everything was so well woven together. Like all of the symbolism, like everything had a point and everything led to something else. Like there was there wasn't really a lot of just like filler in this book or there wasn't any filler in this book. It was literally just solving a mystery, like step by step. Every every single little detail had a purpose.
0: Yeah, every bit of information led to the holy grail
2: Mm -hmm. and like the obviously the other big plot twist was finding out that sophie is the descendant of mary magdalene and jesus i kind of saw it coming but they literally say at one point they're like they like talk about it a little bit and then like dismiss it so i was like oh okay like it must maybe not and then finding out that she actually is i was like i knew it but they did dismiss it, like pretty early on in the book,
0: and that her brother and grandmother are still alive. Thanks. Nice. So a lot happens, but it yeah. was just so it was so good. None of it, none of it, I saw coming. Reading the book, mm-hmm. and I mean, i
2: I just think I always am gonna love this book based off of like the imagery and like the symbolism. And I kind of liked that I um, would like Google certain things and feel almost like more in, like I'm in the book. So like if they're looking at a painting and like talking about the images and the painting and what they all mean. So I would Google the painting and I'd be like, oh yeah, I totally see that. I see like the M in the Last Supper. I see the you know, like the gestures that they make with their hand where it looks like they're about to slit someone's throat and like the disembodied knife hand. Like there's just so, so much in this book and having to kind of do a little bit of research like outside of it almost made it more enjoyable to read because I was like, ha, I see it too. Like you're not just making it up like that. It It does kind of made it like a treasure hunt almost. Mm -hmm. A hundred percent. And it really felt like I was just, I was in the book.
0: Yeah, it was, I don't know. I have a lot of good things to say about the book. It's just, it's so well written and like, it's such an easy read and a fun read. God, I love this book. (laughs) Dan Brown, doing wonders.
2: Oh, also I, um, I have a little note and I, I color-coded it. It's one of my favorite quotes slash parts, um, and I okay. literally drew a star on it because I did not want to forget this, it's because I found it so funny. Um, it was when Langdon was talking to, I think he was another professor, about a book that he had written about the Holy Grail, and the guy was like, this is you know a conspiracy it's conjecture like you can't publish this as an education book um yeah it's like no it's actually very well researched
0: blah 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 um i think i know the (laughs) quote
2: it's so good he's like uh so Langdon says these books can't possibly compete with the centuries of established history especially when that history is endorsed by the ultimate bestseller of all time and then it says Falkman's eyes went went wide don't tell me Harry Potter is actually about the holy grail and then Langdon says I was referring to the bible (laughs) and it was just so funny because I think that was one of like the few comedic moments in this book. Like this book is very serious. So it was really funny to like get that little comic relief there. And obviously you and I both love Harry Potter. So I think it was very on point for us where I was like, that is funny. My favorite line in the
0: whole book. (laughs) Reading the book really does make you want to do the research though. Yeah. When you're like, I need to know but is true. And I also love that they ended this book without giving away the location of the grail. Mm-hmm. So they found the old location, but it was moved yeah. and they still don't actually know until they solve the puzzle, which is just kind of like left open. Mm-hmm. And I I think I like it better that way. That it was left a mystery.
2: Yeah. I um Yeah, because since reading this book, this has made me want to read the Bible. It has made me want to read books about Leonardo da Vinci. It has made me want to read this book that a friend, I was talking to someone about the da Vinci code and they recommended a book that's like more about the conspiracy. Um, it's not like it's a technically nonfiction book about the conspiracy. It's not you know, a story. It's more what the conspiracy is. So I want to read that now. Um, I just want to go on this deep dive and I want to just keep going and it's kind of dangerous, but Ooh, I will say back to the beginning of the book, um, that the, like just the initial scene where, um, I'm bad with names for this book, man sophie's grandfather what was his name again i think it was
0: jack maybe Jacques saunier yes um i had no idea how I, how to pronounce that but that was my best that's their best, you best.
2: <laughs> thank um, you i mean at least you remembered the name but uh jacques Sonnier. uh <laughs> you gotta out pronounce me <laughs> <laughs> yes and i probably did a terrible job of it um But when Sophie's granddad is found dead in the Louvre, that was a great way to start a book. Like, really sucked me in. And like, the use of, again, the images, the symbolism, and like, you really understood that it was like a gruesome scene that they were walking into. And the fact that um, he did that all to himself to pass on a message to Sophie um it just it was a great way to set up the book
0: what are your thoughts on do you think well for one I don't think I would ever be let into this level of secret society but do you think if you were you would be able to keep that secret to the extent that jackson year did like he separated his family to keep this secret alive
2: I don't think I have the strength <laughs> if I'm being honest like I w- I don't think I would keep this secret just for the sake of keeping it like I wouldn't be that that passionate about it and I have so many people who I would
0: want to tell like you I feel like I would just like blurt it out by accident. Right? <laughs> I'd be like, "Oh my god, guess what happened?" <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Sorry, that was a, that was a secret society thing. <laughs> Forget. <laughs> like, whoops,
2: guess I like what do you do? Then you just then I just have to kill you if I accidentally told you because
0: that's the way, I guess. Yeah, I I, I don't think I would ever be able to. I don't have the emotional strength for that mm-hmm.
2: yeah i can't see myself being able to do that unless like i mean i guess yeah unless i was separate like if unless i separated myself from everyone i know because there's a lot of people who i would want to like talk to about it i mean especially like after reading this book i would be like katrina guess what the ddvc code is real like
0: I found the Holy Grail.
2: I feel like you cannot tell a single soul about this. I wonder. I wonder if he had that person though. Like you know how you have one person who you do tell everything to.
0: I wonder I if like, maybe. Hmm? I, I was gonna say I feel like it's probably the grandma, because uh, you know at the end where she like knew things. She's like, I know Jackson. Yeah, and I was like, oh. He let you in. I feel like he didn't like fully tell her, but she knew things more than I think she was meant to.
2: Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's incredibly human. like I don't think I think it's impossible to keep such a big secret from everyone. Maybe if like I was in the secret society with you and with other people that I was like friends with who I could talk to, but it didn't seem like the it didn't seem like they were particularly close with each other I feel like I don't have anything else to say
0: I don't think I really have much else to say either
2: yeah all right overall great book uh I obviously had a great time reading it and as always I didn't really understand it but
0: I still had fun (laughs) and that's what really matters (laughs) You know what we had a good time (laughs) on the next episode of books and baddies we will be reading the perks of being a wallflower by stefan chbosky this is like a coming of age novel follows a boy named charlie he writes letters to
2: I think it's just an unknown person. Yeah,
0: I think it's an unknown person, you're right. Um so he writes letters to someone. Um and it's just about his like experience. Um it's also a, a great movie, but
2: I am very excited about doing this book mostly Mostly because I'm excited for an easier read. Um, because this is one that we we both have already read and it we both know that it is geared for a more younger audience. Um but I loved this book when I was in high school and I haven't read it in a very long time. So I'm excited to kind of reread it as an adult.
0: I also haven't read this since high school. This was it was a it was a really good book. I remember I loved it a lot.
2: Mm-hmm. I think, I think it's quite sad, though. I do remember it being quite sad, so not excited for that part. But even just looking at the cover of this book is giving me so much nostalgia. Perks of Being a Wallflower, October first. Get ready. Um, and if you want to follow us on social media, we have Instagram and Twitter, which is at BookBevies, B-O-O-K-B-E-V-V-I-E-S and a gmail account which is bookbevies at gmail.com.
0: Thanks for listening. <laughs> I actually
2: remembered to say goodbye this time.
0: Goodbye. It's the little things and goodbye.
2: Goodbye.